and we'll we'll get the blood flowing a little bit, and then we'll and then we'll go through the prayer request and uh, and and just see what uh, see what we get into tonight. But good to see everybody out tonight. Two fifty eight. Y'all want to stand? Let's stand. Telling on the mountain, over the hills and everywhere go. Telling on the mountain that Jesus Christ is born. While shepherds kept their watching, for silence falls by night. Behold, throughout the heavens, there shone a holy Tell it on the mountain, over the hills and everywhere go. Tell it on the mountain that Jesus Christ is born. All right, you made it through a cappella. Thank you. You may be seated. <clears throat> All right, we'll. Uh, if anybody has any prayer requests, I know that uh, already. I've gotten two prayer requests, uh, Nikki Davis and Joyce Davis. Now, I'm not 100% sure what's going on, but I know they're both having uh, physical problems, um, sickness. So Nikki and Joyce Davis. So we'll, we'll we'll pray for for Nikki and then Nikki just got a he's got so she is getting out and discharging today this evening tonight okay all right so be in prayer for Nikki and and Joyce and the, the Davis family um, anybody else of course be in prayer for Pastor Joe and and Cammy I don't know if anybody's heard anything from them <clears throat> if not that means they're having a really good time. So, uh, anyway, he sent me a text, told me he's praying for me. I think it was just a reminder that, hey, you better be there tonight, you know. <laughs> but anyway, I'll give him the thumbs up. So, um, Anybody else have anything? I will tell you that, uh, go ahead, Amanda, I'm sorry. The, yeah. Yeah, the Gentry family with, uh, with their loss, for sure. Uh, tragic. Um, pray for that uh, family, and, and like I said, I'll, I'll, you know, families this time of year. I mean, you know, a lot of times it's a it's a really happy, joyous time, and and uh, sometimes it's it's not so happy, you know. But uh, it, it's all about, um, I guess, how we approach it. But just thank the Lord for the time we do have, and and enjoy that, and. And uh, this is the day the Lord has made, and we'll rejoice and be glad in it. But <clears throat> pray for uh, me, and, me and Christy got a chance to uh, talk to Carol Burris today, and uh, pray for her. I mean, she's still still on oxygen, still recovering, and still a blessing every time you talk to her. I mean, she's just you know like Carol was was saying, you know, if you. You try to be an encourager to her, and she's going to encourage you every single time. Uh, I do know that last week they had uh, uh, 
actually wanted to take her back to the hospital, put her on five liters of oxygen, and then they backed it back up to four. So um, just pray for her. She's she got a great attitude, and uh, she's still doing everything herself, functioning. I mean, cooking, cleaning, um, while at the same time, honestly, taking three breaths and having to take a break, and, and then going back at it. So just just a blessing, honestly. Uh, but but just continue to pray for her. Um, in her recovery. Anybody else? Um, thinking of someone else. Yes, ma'am. Maxine Robinson. Anybody else have anything? Of course, pray for, continue to pray for our. Uh, our uh, prayer uh, initiative, Nehemiah, Nehemiah Wall Building Initiative, and um, I, just, I hope all of us have that attitude of prayer. Now that we're talking about it, and you know, it's kind of like—I uh, know it sounds crazy—but you know, activity breeds activity, and and the, and the more you talk about something, and the more you 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 uh, consciously think about it, the more you think about it. If that makes sense, and and, and we should have that attitude of. Um, Praying for our church, our leadership, uh, ourself, the direction we're going in, and uh, just our community as as a whole. Anybody else have anything? All right. Well, we'll let's go to the Lord in prayer, and we'll uh, you you pray specifically for what's on your heart, because I know you've got stuff that you didn't want to share. I've got stuff I didn't want to share, and we'll just pray together. How's that? Lord, we come to you tonight, God, just uh, thank you for another opportunity to come and, and um, exhort each other, uh, sharpen each other, challenge each other with your word, Lord. Uh, pray for these these folks specifically, Lord. Pray for Carol Burris as she continues to uh, recover. And Lord, I just pray for comfort and, and uh, I pray for the, fam- the Gentry family, Lord, and their loss. And, and all that goes with that and how far reaching that is, God, just be with be with all those people that are associated with that family. And God, just comfort them in, in, in their time of need as in comfort as only you can, Lord. Uh, just pray for for Joyce and Nikki Davis and whatever's going on, Lord, with their health. And uh, I pray that you just give the doctors wisdom there and they would be able to determine exactly what the problem is, Lord. And, and I just pray for them mentally. Uh, as they go through this, whatever it is, that uh, that you would just calm them and give them peace uh, as they try to figure it all out, Lord. Just pray for uh, Maxine Robinson and uh, pray for, uh, Lord, pray for the shut-ins, all the all the folks that uh, this time of year and, and, and all times of year, Lord, that are just in need, Lord. And I pray that we would be a church, a, a, a person, a body, a local assembly, Lord, that uh, would be encouraging and that uh, would 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 be your hands, your feet, and, and, and would just yield to your spirit and, and act and react like you'd have us to, Lord. Just pray for our time together uh, tonight as we get into your word, God. I just pray that that you would just uh, fill me up and, and as we kind of uh, go through your word, Lord, that uh, it would be a help to somebody and thank you for how you've already helped me and, and blessed me by studying through it. And uh, pray for Pastor Joe and Cammie, Lord, with their time away, I pray that they would enjoy it, just refresh and renew and their spirit and, and uh, their energy and 
uh, I pray that we would just be a, uh, the church, the local assembly that you would have us to be for them. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. All right. So take your Bibles and go ahead and turn to Psalm 23. Um, Psalm 23. And uh, what, what kind of got me studying through this thing, and, you know, immediately when you hear Psalm 23, I mean, it's almost like John 3.16. I mean, you, you've heard it quoted in movies. You, you see it uh, posted around at, at ball games. Uh, you know, it's just a very familiar passage, and I would say that a lot of you could probably quote that thing right off without even turning there. And, and what kind of got me studying through it was I'm reading this book or have read this book, and uh, basically the name of the book is Don't Give the Enemy a Seat at Your Table. And, and the basis of the book comes from Psalm 23. And uh, so what i like to do tonight, it's very informal. We're just going to go verse by verse right through the psalm. But I really think it will have something for us for each one individually uh, as we, as we kind of study through Psalm 23. And if, if you've got your, uh, your Bible there, Psalm 23, you'll see there at the heading, it says a, a Psalm of David, obviously. So um, Psalm 23, Psalm of David. Well, obviously David uh, knows a little bit about being a shepherd. Uh, but now the, the commentaries, and if you study through it, they'll say that he, uh, historically, he probably wrote this as he was inspired by the Lord, of course. He wrote this while he was a king. Uh, but, but he kind of referenced back, uh, and, and understood the time as, as when he was a shepherd. Um, you know, every one of us, before we even get into the psalm, every one of us are being shepherded by somebody or something, if you really think about it. And what, what is the role of a shepherd? To guide, protect, feed, defend, lead. So, so we're all being shepherded by someone or something, if you really think about it. And if you say, no, that's not me. I'm not following anybody or anything. Well, you're shepherding yourself. <laughs> so you are being shepherded. Uh, but let's just read through this thing, and, and, and we'll, uh, we'll see what, uh, what the Lord has for us. The Bible says, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For thou art with me, thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil, my cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. So, so the role of a shepherd is to guide, protect, correct the sheep. And obviously, believers or followers, uh, Christians, have often been um, referenced as sheep throughout Scripture. I mean, that's the way it is. Now, one thing I've, I've learned as, as I studied through this, <clears throat> what was, what's one thing that comes to your mind immediately when you hear about being a sheep? You've heard it talked about oh, how dumb sheep are and how they're, they're just not very smart. And they, but that's really not true. 
Because, you know, if you Google a little quick facts about sheep, you're going to understand that they, they can recognize up to five or 600 faces, and they don't forget them. But what sheep are, it's not that they're the sharpest uh, knife in the drawer, but what they are is very dependent. There is a difference between, me, between being dependent and not being very smart. So sheep are dependent. So now let's look at the scripture. The Lord. Well, there, the Lord there, that's Jehovah, the existing one. The Lord, and immediately it becomes personal. Okay? Because we can't really read through this, meditate on this, claim this, um, and really feel good about this scripture unless the Lord is your shepherd and is my shepherd. I mean, look at all the personal pronouns. I'll read through it real quick. Look at the personal pronouns throughout the Psalm 23. The Lord is my, I shall not. He maketh me to lie down. He restoreth my soul. Yea, though I walk through the valley, I will fear no evil. Thy rod, thy staff, uh, prepares the table before me in the presence of my enemies. My cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell. So immediately... You know, we've heard it taught here before that <clears throat> really everything we do, every ministry falls into two categories. It's either the ministry of salvation, you know, or reconciliation. Reconciliation or restoration. You follow me? So right off the bat, you say, where's the, sal where's the salvation right in Psalm 23? It's right off the bat. Hey, the Lord's my shepherd. It's personal. And, and, and here's how it's personal, because I realized there was a time when I, I, was, I was lost, and I needed a Savior. And, and, and Christ died for my sin, was buried, and rose again, and I put my faith and trust in Jesus Christ. And so David's saying, listen, this is personal. The Lord is my shepherd. The existing one, Jehovah, is my shepherd. He's not the whole, I mean, he, obviously he's the whole churches, but, but you've got to make it personal as David did. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. By the way, look at that is. Is that past, present, or future tense? The Lord is my shepherd. That's present. That's present. So, so the Lord is my shepherd right now and will continue to be. Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Which speaks to um, how he protects us physically. Because again, the role of the shepherd here is, is to feed, guard, and protect the sheep. Uh, and as I said before, someone or something is guiding us. Look at, uh, look at verse 2. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. That word maketh me, it's not, hey, I'm going to make you. I'm going I'm to take you by the back of the head and make you lie down in green pastures. And, and lead you beside the still waters. But what it is saying is this. He continually causes me to. That, that's in the imperfect tense. God is doing for us what we are not willing to do for ourselves. So continually, he is presenting us with, hey, I will make you, I will guide you, I will, I will bring you into green pastures. Because think about sheep or this. Again, Google, quick facts on sheep. If you put sheep out, they'll eat it down to the root, down to the dirt, okay? So what he's saying is, look, 
I'm going to continually give you the opportunity. I'm going to guide you in, lead you into green pastures. And I'm going to lead you beside the still water. Now, why does it say still waters? Another fact about sheep is this. They have a lot of wool on them, all right? So they're not going to go. They're, they're a little, little bit uh, afraid to get into really rushing water and to drink because if they fall in, kaplunk, here we go, we got a wet furball. So, so that's why sheep like still water. Now, obviously, it can't be stagnant water. It's moving enough, but it's still water. So when you think about how, how sheep operate, and, and, and then you read this psalm, it, it, it kind of brings it all together. So he, he's, he maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. Now, both of those there speak of how he protects us, provides for us physically. You agree with that? I mean, he, he, he's feeding us. He's leading us beside the still water. He's my shepherd. He's my protector. He's taking care of me. And, and the Bible says that he's never seen the righteous forsaken or a seed begging bread, doesn't he? So, so we're, listen, we have a, we have a promise that, that we, it may not be T-bones and ribeyes, but, but we have a promise that God will protect us and provide for us. And, and, and so as we go on through this, this psalm here, look at verse 3. Now he's going to speak to us as, as far as the spiritual aspect. So verse 2 says, He maketh me lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. And here's where I really wanted to sit down a little bit. He restoreth my soul. Now I'm going to tell you, I don't know about you, but when we get restored physically, let's say we're restored financially. Thank the Lord for that. We're restored physically uh, as our health. Thank the Lord for that. We're restored. Say, say after 9-11, when we were restored, so to speak, as a country. You know, a lot of times we get over those physical restorations. Would you agree? It means a whole lot more, though, to get restored spiritually. And, and when He restores our soul, that's the part of us that's going to live somewhere forever, is our soul. And so he, he restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. That word restore means to bring back, to heal, to recover, to return. Now, again, speaking about the spiritual part of us, he restoreth my soul. He leads me to be holy for his glory. He guides me in the path of, of having a purity of heart. But that, he restoreth my soul, if you really think about that, he doesn't just zap us and restore our soul. He restores our soul like this. He restores our soul by hearing and being challenged by his word. He restores my soul by me seeing that, hey, God's word has pricks something in my heart and the Holy Spirit conviction comes up in me and says, hey, you need to change something about the way you're living because this is not right. And I, as I yield to the Spirit and I change what He has as me to change, now He's restoring my soul. He doesn't just say, I'm going to restore you. He restores by His Word. But what I have found is this, and I don't know if I'm explaining it correctly or not, but I hope you get this if you don't get anything else tonight. There's a big difference 
when we are restored, there's a huge difference between conviction, Holy Spirit conviction, and condemnation. And before we leave here tonight, I pray that, that we understand the difference. Because here's what we do a lot. We understand what God's Word says. We're, we're, we're good. We, we, we study it. We meditate on it. And then what do we do? I mean, we're, we're still in the flesh, so we're going to sin. So when we sin, not if, but when, all right? Some of y'all might take a little longer than others, but anyway. When we sin, and we get that Holy Spirit conviction, and we know we've missed the mark. We have sinned against a holy and just God. That's Holy Spirit conviction, bringing that to us. Now, what we do is we say, oh, i got to make up for that. So I must not be, I'm going to question my salvation now, because if, if I was really saved, I wouldn't have done that to begin with. See, that, that's condemnation. We're, we're condemning. Romans 8.1 says, I can never quote it because I stam, stammer my tongue, but there is there now, now, therefore, no condemnation to them that are in Christ Jesus, the folks that are saved, who walk not, let's see, there is therefore now no condemnation to them that are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. Okay? Now, so we always say, hey, there's, there's no condemnation to, the, to people that are in Christ. That is absolutely true. All right? But if we're, if you read the rest of that verse, it says, for those that don't walk after the flesh. You follow me? So anyway, I know that's, that's probably confusing, but restoration begins with repentance, which begins with conviction. So let's, let's see what that looks like. So, so let's say that, again, we're, we're, we have Holy Spirit conviction in our life, and we should. And, and we can thank God for that, by the way, because that's how He grows us. And that's how we get restored. So if we want to get our soul restored, we follow that process. But don't confuse these two. I'm going to do a little list for you, and I'm going to read the difference between condemnation and conviction. Condemnation is brought on by Satan. Conviction is brought on by the Lord, by God, by Holy Spirit conviction. Condemnation comes from guilt. Conviction is born out of grace. Think about that. Condemnation comes from guilt. Conviction is born out of grace. It's, it, it's, God, it's God's amazing grace that convicts our heart to correct, not condemn. God's condem uh, the con condemnation leads us to conceal our sin. Conviction leads us to confess our sin, to agree with God, right? Ain't that what 1 John 1, 9 says? If we confess our sin, He's faithful and just to forgive us of our sin and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Condemnation results in remorse. Hey, we're sorry for what we've done. We're sorry for the hurt that we've, we're sorry we got caught, we're sorry for the mess we've made, okay? Conviction calls us to repentance, to change our mind, okay? Repentance, see, see the difference between repentance and feeling sorry is, is, is the fact that 
we are changing our mind, we're agreeing with God and changing direction. Condemnation prompts us to rededicate our life. Conviction demands full surrender. See the difference? Look, when I was younger, and I'm sure some of y'all have the same thing, you know, you we get into those cycles, we sin, we repent, come to the altar, we sin, we come to the altar, we sin, we sorry, we, we got caught, we feel like a mess. And, 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 and back in the day, rededications, and if look, if you've made a profession that, hey, you've rededicated your life, I'm not trying to make you feel bad because I've rededicated mine 28 times. But here's what I'm telling you. A rededication is this. I'm coming up here. I got Holy Spirit conviction. I am being out of shape about my sin because I know what God's Word says. I come up here. I get, I get all emotional about it, and I'm going to rededicate my life. That means I'm going to do better. I'm going to make sure that doesn't happen again. That's rededication. Full surrender is when I come up here and say, Lord, I messed up again. I, I can't do this. I'm going to depend on you to fix me. I'm going to yield to what you have because I know I can't make it any better because if I could, I would have already solved all my problems. That's full surrender. Condemnation is a path to failure. Conviction is the highway to real change. Condemnation tears down. Conviction restores. Now, I hope that I hope you understand what the difference is. So, so when we're, as we're reading through this, He restoreth my soul. Sometimes we're not going to like. It's not going to be great when we get our soul restored, because the Bible says. It's the goodness of God. I'm going to flip over there. It's the goodness of God that leads us to repentance. Look over at Romans. I think it's Romans chapter 2, verse 4. Romans 2, 4. I'll read it. Or despisest thou the riches of his goodness and forbearance and longsuffering, not knowing that the goodness of God leadeth thee to repentance. What about Psalm, Psalm 51? That's David's... Uh, that's David's uh, psalm of repentance in Psalm 51. What does it say here in 51.12, I think it is? Uh, I'll just read through that whole thing, because, or not the whole thing, but have mercy upon me, God. <clears throat> this is after uh, his sin with Bathsheba. Uh, this, this is an actual convicting. He's, he's got Holy Spirit conviction on his life, and, and this is true repentance. Have mercy upon me, O God, according to thy loving kindness. According unto the multitude of thy tender mercies, blot out my transgressions. Wash me thoroughly from mine iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. For I acknowledge my transgressions. Nobody made him do it. He didn't blame it on anybody else. And my sin is ever before me against thee. And in thee only have I sinned and done this evil in thy sight that thou mightest be justified when thou speakest and be clear when thou judgest. Behold, I was shapen in iniquity and sin did my mother conceive me. Behold, thou desirest truth in inward parts, and in the hidden part thou shalt make me to know wisdom. Now, look what he says here in verse, uh, verse 12. Restore unto me, not my salvation, but the joy of my salvation. Restore unto me the joy of my, thy salvation. Uphold me with thy free spirit. You know, he was praying, look, I'm in a mess. I've broken fellowship here with you. My, I, I, have, I have such conviction, and it's my fault. I'm not blaming anybody else. But I want to get it right with you because I've sinned against a holy and a just God and, and my sin is ever before me. And will you restore my soul? 
And so that's what the same thing he's saying in Psalm 23. Hey, we have a chief shepherd that will restore our soul. And thank God for his, for his restoration. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me <clears throat> in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Now, sometimes I think he spelled that out for us because sometimes we sometimes we, we uh, we're trying to be holy because he tells us to be holy, but we want to be holy because we want to be holy. But that's not really why. I mean, look what he says. He, he restores my soul. He leads me in the path of righteousness. He's going to. He's going to lead me in the path of righteousness for His name's sake, to make Him look good, for, for Him to get the glory. That's why He's going to make me righteous, not because I'm something, but because He's everything. That's why He's going to lead me in the path of righteousness, for His name's sake. Look at verse 4. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For thou art with me, thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. And in, in the book I was reading, he says, look, he's got an, we, get, we, we need an even though I will approach. Look, look, look what David says again in verse 4. Yeah, though, even though I walk through the valley. By the way, we're going through it. Through the valley. How many of you been in the valley? Valley is, is a low point between two mountaintops, though, right? So, so we're, we're coming from the mountain. We're in the valley. I'm walking through. He's going to walk me through the valley of the shadow of death, and I will fear no evil. Now, again, you've heard that uh, a shadow never hurt anybody. This is, he's taking us through the valley and the shadow of death. We'll fear no evil. For he is with us. Thou art with me, thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Now, the rod and the staff, everybody knows, you, especially this time of year, somebody's going to be standing with the shepherds, the rod and the staff, and they got all their, uh, you've heard all kinds of fun facts about rods and staffs, I guess. But, but, but what I studied was this. Um, the rod and the shaft, uh, the rod and the staff itself, the rod's for correction and the staff was for defense. And when you have the rod and the staff, both of those equal comfort. Now, how in the world is, is the rod? The rod is for correction and for guiding and prodding, and the staff is obviously for defense and for protection as well. But how is that comforting? Because, again, God's... When God corrects us, it is to restore us, not to punish us. Because didn't we just learn a while ago, there's no condemnation in Christ Jesus. So, so every time when we sin, don't beat yourself up, crawl up in a hole and say, I'm absolutely a horrible person. Even though we've sinned against the holy and just God, we need to feel the Holy Spirit conviction that breaks our heart and, 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 and causes us to repent and brings us back into fellowship with the Lord. So his rod and his staff, they, they're comforting, even though they're correcting. Hey, he chastens us if you're one of his. I mean, we know that. Uh, we know that, uh, that if, if we're convicted by something in our life, all that proves is that we are absolutely 100% one of his. So the, the rod and my staff, they comfort me. 
Look at verse 5. <clears throat> Thou preparest a table before me. And I'll stop right there. Thou preparest a table before me. Now, that word table there in the Hebrew uh, is, is shulkan. I, I don't know if I, I'm, I'm sure that was a redneck uh, pronunciation of a Hebrew word. Shulkan. But what that means is king's table. It's not just any table. He, he don't just prepare any table for us. He prepares a king's table. I mean, this is a, this is a king's table. He prepares a table, and look where he prepares it. This is what's interesting here. He prepares a table before me in the presence of mine enemies, not in the absence. Now, you would think that if the Lord was, if we were going to sit down and, and metaphorically eat with the Lord at a table, that it would be not in the presence of our enemies, but off by ourselves in the corner booth where nobody could bother us. You follow me? But he's, he's, he's preparing the table before us, the king's table, by the way, with everything that we would ever want and need, physically or spiritually. It's all there, the big spread. Remember, it's personal. It's just for you. It's just for me. And it's in the presence of our enemies. Now, our enemies are not the people we think they are. What does Ephesians 6 say? We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers and rulers of darkness of this world, spiritual wickedness in high places. So our enemies are our self, our pride, our anger, our anxiety, our depression, our addictions, our name them all, name yours. I didn't name all mine. I mean, you know. So that's our enemies. And so in the presence of all that mess, he's prepared a table for us, for you and for me. And uh, I don't know about you, but that, 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 that encourages me. Now, I don't see there anywhere that says, Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies, and I will make you come and eat. Doesn't say it at all. He's preparing the table. The king's table, the biggest spread you've ever seen for you personally, for me personally. In the presence of our enemies, by the way, they, they're not invited to come sit down. You notice that? That was what the whole book I was reading, it fired you up. Hey, don't give the enemy a seat at your table. That, that was the whole book. Don't give the enemy. In, the table is prepared in the presence of our enemies, but they're not invited. But sometimes we invite. We bring them with us. But nowhere does it say that he's going to force us to come to the table. And nowhere does it say that the, that the enemy is invited to the table. So there prepares a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil, and my cup runneth over. Now, another fact about sheep is this. Uh, Thou anointest my head with oil, my cup runneth over. So back in biblical times, back in those days, what they would do is they would pour, they would pour oil over the sheep's head because the sheep would have these parasites that would lay eggs inside their eyes. And eventually, I know that's nasty, but eventually, potentially take them out. So, Thou anointest my head with oil. You know, as a, as a, in, the, in the Old Testament, was, what's the oil a picture of in the Old Testament? Somebody tell me. 
Holy Spirit, blessing, absolute. So thou anointest my head with oil, and my cup runneth over. You know, the, the, the Bible says that, that God daily loads us with benefits. I mean, he's, he's overloading us with benefits. Thou anointest my head with oil, my cup runneth over. In verse 6, <clears throat> Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Now, obviously, you know what most of that is pretty self-explanatory, but I want to focus on one word there. It says, I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Now, we know if, you know, if you're here tonight, and you probably are. You know, I shouldn't say that. You know whether you are or not. If you're saved by the grace of God, then we know, we're, we know where we're dwelling forever. Dwell there doesn't mean we're going to go visit. Hey, we're just going to drop by. Dwell means we're going to remain. We're going to continue. Now, <clears throat> again, this whole thing has been the Lord is my shepherd. We're in the present tense here. He is my shepherd. So how, how are we going to dwell in the Lord in the house of the Lord forever while we're here? Because, you know, sometimes we get so, everything's kind of against us and, and uh, you know, we, we get to into that condemnation as opposed to the Holy Spirit conviction. And, and, and the next thing you know, we're, we just feel like we're hanging on. But, you know, God, Jesus came to give us life and to give it to us more abundantly. And the Bible says the Lord is my shepherd. And, and the way I'm going to dwell in the house of the Lord forever, if we're going to dwell, if we're going to continue, if we're going to remain, it's going to be because we have the right mindset. And we're going to meditate on the right things. Um, whoever or whatever wins the battle of our mind wins that day. Would you agree with that? As a man thinks in his heart, so is he. That's what the Bible says. You know, there used to be a little jingle. Uh, I heard it in RU or whatever. I don't even know if I can say it or not. But uh, it says, there, there lives two beasts inside my breast. One is foul and one is blessed. One I love and one I hate, but the one I feed will dominate. And so whatever you feed more on a daily basis will win. And if we're dwelling, if we are meditating, if we are saturated in what God's Word says about us and, and, and in the promises of God, chances are we're going to be, we're going to win that day, in other words. Uh, you know, because here's the thing, if we're going to dwell in the, in the house of the Lord forever and, and, and we want to have a a worthy walk like the Bible talks about. And, and if we want to really meditate on and, and, and think about this psalm that we just read through, you know, part of that is we know we have an adversary, the devil, who walks around seeking whom he may devour. So, so it's real stuff that we have enemies out there. Uh, that, that, uh, and that's why it's so important for us uh, to have a quiet time every morning, every day at some point. doesn't matter what time of day it is. Uh, but, but we need to be challenging ourselves 
you know, it's not up to me to go challenge JL, even though we exhort one another and we challenge iron sharpens iron, and, and that's why we come here. But we got to have a personal time with the Lord. Uh, look at... Uh, Flip over to first. Flip over to First Corinthians real quick. And the reason it's so important is because because we know we have an adversary, and that adversary, the devil, walks around seeking whom he may devour. You know, to begin with, he he, he always wants to. He goes from from being a uh, a promiser and a deceiver, uh, and inviting us. And then once we commit that sin, then he turns right around and, and now he's going to be an accuser and a condemner. You see the cycle? Um, because, let's, let's face it, sin's fun for a season. So, so he, he uses that to entice and, and, and to promise. Uh, and then once we partake, now he accuses, well, you must not be saved. You're, I mean, you don't, you don't even go back to church. Those people, they don't want to see you because you don't have great testimony, and there's no way you can walk through those back doors again. You follow me? So it's, it's just a vicious cycle. But just keep in mind that 1 Corinthians uh, 10, 12, and 13 say this. Is it 1 Corinthians? Or is it 2? Yeah, wherefore... Let him that thinketh he standeth take heed lest he fall. There hath no temptation taken you, but such is common to man. But God is faithful, who will not suffer you to be tempted above that you're able, but will with the temptation also make a way to escape it that we may be able to bear it. That's why we need to dwell. That's why we need to meditate. Because we have an adversary... Um, but just remember, we don't, <clears throat> we can't be tempted. We're, we're tempted when we're drawn away of our own lust. So, in in uh, in summary, I'll just kind of read back through it. Now that we went through it and kind of pause at certain sections and see if it means anything else to you or means more to you as you read through it. The Lord is my shepherd. It's personal. I shall not want. He'll take care of our physical needs. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He provides for us. He, he continually does for us what we refuse to do for ourselves. He leadeth me in the path of, uh, I'm sorry, He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the path of righteousness for His name's sake, for Him to look good, for His honor and glory. Yeah, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For Thou art with me, Thou rod, <clears throat> and Thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil, my cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for this time that you've given us tonight, God. Just thank you for your word. Uh, thank you for this little exercise, this little uh, kind of a, uh, whatever we just went through, Lord, that that that, that kind of defines and, and and makes your your word real to to us, to me at least, uh, Lord, I thank you that that you are my shepherd and that you do restore my soul. And uh, Lord, sometimes I don't understand why 
why the rod and the and the staff are comforting but thank you for that lord and and uh, i just thank you that uh for your word and, and and for this church and and i pray as we go through our daily lives lord that we would meditate on and dwell on what you have for us and that we would say yes to you and know the flesh uh, just be with us as we go throughout the week and i pray that we do everything for your honor and glory and and yield to what you have for us in jesus name i pray amen that's quick y'all are dismissed and get get home early tonight